Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yes. What am I doing? Shaking your hands. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. You know what I am? You know what I'm doing? Shaking your hands? I'm shaking things up. I'm shaking no, you're just things sh- up. No, you're no, just, no, you're just no. shaking your hands. No, it's that's a- the, that's just the start. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. No, no, no. Because I wanted to begin with a reader letter. Oh. Okay. So this is like shaking things school. up. This is what we used to do, isn't it? it no. No? Never? Not once? Is that the other podcast? That must be that, that's that other podcast. Yeah. That, that other one with that other sister you yes. have somewhere. Let's see. <laughs> Really? Yeah. You went with Fletzy? You what? had all the consonants in the world. And you went with FL. <laughs> Zetsy? What? The better. The, the letter. better. The letter. Let's get to the letter. All right, the letter. So, uh, a Sarah wrote. And she wrote many lovely things. Sarah with an H? Oh, I don't know. I didn't write down her last name. I don't know what her last name is. Yeah, oh, oh, you mean her first name? Yes. Yes, she was a Sarah with an H. That's important. Oh, I suppose so. She has a lot of a letter, and I'll be reading the rest of it at the end. But there was a point that she made early on that I wanted to read here. She wrote, I am really glad you guys got an Instagram account. I thought I would have to avoid the account because of spoilers, because I am, and this is in capital letters, bad at podcasts and have never ever caught up. But seeing the Instagram posts make me excited for the episodes I still have to listen to. Plus, then I can know what the heck you're describing. Please yeah. imagine me cackling aloud on my Minneapolis public transit commute while listening to Kate's incredulity at William, quote, holding his lungs outside his body. Dude, that's totally what he's doing. <laughs> and being able to picture it because of your IG post, especially since I'd never seen the book before. Also, I'm not on the Twitter, so I like being connected there. I'm so, not on the Twitter either. And we're up to almost 400 Instagram followers. Which that's is, nice. Which is awesome. But I think this is an interesting point. So folks uh, who have access to the internets, uh, if you follow our Instagram account, this is a really good use of it. You can, you know, watch as yeah, you Yeah, I listen. remember when we first started this podcast, one of the critiques was you should not describe the pictures as much because you know, we won't know what you're talking about, and, and, and you should, and I was like, well, we are talking about picture books, we right. need to discuss There needs to be a visual element to yeah. this, because it's essentially radio, but we're talking about a visual format. Yeah, so, This is the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. Who are you? I am Kate. I'm Betsy. Yes, you I know, you're Zetsy. Nope, not, that's your other sister, see, we're doing this again. Christy? No, what? I don't what? know. What? That's not even a T in there. Christy. That's a clown. I am that's, no clown, that's madam. Christy. No clown, madam. But I am the host of a podcast with you, called yep. Fuse 8 and Kate. And we Zesty do talk about, I don't, I'm not listening to you. We do listen, uh, we don't listen. So you've thrown me off, I had a whole day. Boo. <laughs> We look at picture books and determine if they're classics or not. This is going to be a silly episode. End of story. (laughs) All right. So you remember last, when last we left our heroes, you had mentioned at one point that we should think of like a classic Christmas story. 
You're like, name a classic Christmas story. And I was avoiding things like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, because nobody knows that. It's That's a movie. No, that was a book first, my friend. Really? Yeah. In any case, uh, I couldn't really think of much of anything at the time, but of course, the minute I took my, uh, my foots and I stepped out of your apartment, I could think of one instantaneously, and it's, it's rather apropos uh, in so many ways. I'm going to pull it out now. You may have heard of it before. That's a little ditty that I like to call... Oh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Why? Dr. Seuss. No, we haven't done Mr. Seuss in a while. I, uh, I forgot this was a book. You forget. Okay, so we're going to remedy that problem <laughs> right now. Aren't his eyes supposed to be, like, yellow? Why are they pink? Who? The his Grinch. eyes? Yeah. His eyes are pink on the cover, aren't they? Aren't they supposed to be yellow? Uh, they're yellow in the in the TV. Wait, is this book in color or is it... Oh, <laughs> I like doing this. This is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, there's a color. What's the color, Kate? It's red. Yeah. Well, because Christmas is red, Kate. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, you Chuck Jones loving person. Take this book and be surprised by what you find. You mean disappointed? Surprised. While Kate's doing her uh, read there, let's do some background information on the Grinch. You thought you knew everything. Sir, you did not. Now, some of this information is coming from the Wikipedia, so take it with the grain of salt, if you will. But apparently, the Grinch first appeared in a 32-line illustrated poem by Dr. Seuss. It was not called How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It was called The Hoobub and the Grinch. And it was published in the May 1955 edition of Red Book Magazine. Red Book Magazine, home of many, many Dr. Seuss stories for some unknown reason. The story was published as a book by Random House in 1957, at approximately the same time as a version of it appeared in, once again, Red Book Magazine. It also mentioned uh, in the Wikipedia entry for the Grinch, and this, of course, Wikipedia changes all the time, so this might be gone by the time you look at it, but when I looked at it, it mentioned my 2012 poll of the top 100 picture books and the fact that this book appeared on there. So that was kind of neat. Now here's where it gets neater. If you follow the School Library Journal link to the School Library Journal Wikipedia page, take a look at the featured magazine there. You may see someone a little familiar. You're a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Do, 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 do. You have spiders in your soul. <laughs> that's my that's my thorough Ravenscroft imitation. You know what it was? What was that? Great! Oh, nice callback. Thank I like you. that. Thank I you. like that. Same Very guy. Same guy, people. Same guy. He's dead now. Too soon, Betsy. I was I, that took it down. I should like it suddenly got cold. In Spoiler here. alert! Spoiler alert! Sorry, he's, he's dead. Well, it's not at so, the end of the Grinch or anything. So, and then he died. Like no, that's not how it happened at all. That'd be an interesting twist to this book. It would be an interesting twist. Like and then Thurl Ravenscroft died. <laughs> Who? Exactly. Yeah. How'd you, uh, how's that book there? You know, it's hard to read it not picturing his voice. From the movie. Oh like, well, that was a that was that was Boris Karloff, right? Yeah, yeah. Reading it, but in my head, it's yes. Except there's parts that aren't 
in the movie that are in here. This is true. And there are parts that are very long in the movie that are very short in the book. Yeah. And there are parts in the movie I was never able to make out. And then when I read them in the book, I was like, oh, that's what he's saying. Okay. Really? Yeah. There was like one or two times when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. We started off meeting Sir Grinch. Okay. Sir Sir Grinch a lot. Sir Grinch a lot. He, um... That's his DJ name. (laughs) Wicka wicka. And... This is what I don't get. It says that, like, he hated Christmas. Maybe it's because his shoes were too tight. Mm. Homie ain't wearing shoes. Well, because they were too tight. He took them off. Also, why is he putting his hands in his own fat, fat he's, pockets? He's totally made fat. Oh, they're fur pockets. I think they're fat no, pockets. No, they're not fat pockets. It's yeah. his fur. You can even see the, the things from his fur. He's got fur, but he's sticking his hands in his fat. No, I disagree. To I keep think his that's hands how warm. His, he's keeping his hands warm in his fur. That is a logical thing for any furred creature to do with digits. So he hates Christmas for a multi- multitude of reasons. Yeah. The first one being he hates noise. And let's yeah. be clear. No one likes noise. Exactly. I hate noise. Adults hate noise. I'm pretty sure a lot of kids hate noise, especially oh, yeah. if they're like autistic or they, they have sensory noise. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So this is like legit I'm with you. It is, though he is very far from the town. Like, how far is this noise carrying? That's what scares me. It must be so incredibly loud that he can hear it from his cave. Or is it, or is it like when your neighbors are having a house party and they're like down the street and it's like... Don't even get started on my neighbors who will play the penny whistle at two o'clock in the morning to the song from Titanic. Oh yes, that's a thing. Are those your new, those are your new neighbors? Hit the high note. Hit the high note. Keep going. Keep going. Wait. These are your new neighbors? No, it was the the previous neighbors. Oh, previous neighbors. That was was, uh, what they decided to do on St. Patrick's Day, the day I moved in. (laughs) Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. So the Grinch doesn't like noise. Mm. And then they have this feast. Yeah. And he apparently can't stand this who roast beast. And I'm thinking, maybe he's vegetarian. He could easily be. Did anyone even think about that? He's not invited! He doesn't have, if he's, if that is true, then he is one of those vegetarians who is not only abstaining from meat himself, but objects when other people are having the meat, mm. right? He's not invited. Well, maybe he, maybe they invite him every year and he always says no. That's entirely possible. You know, they seem like know. nice people. They probably would. And then you, and then the thing that he hates the most is that they sing. Right. No one said that they can sing well. <laughs> If you are hearing an entire oh, true. town full of people who are all off it doesn't pitch. Say, it doesn't also doesn't say what they sing. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 90, 99. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> dee dee dee. Big ones. But anyway. So, bigger your head. so then he gets this idea. Yeah. Has he discussed any of this with them, by the way? Has he mentioned to them, A, can you keep the noise down? B, can you keep the sing down? C, Smell of your roast beef makes me want to vomit. Does any of this come out with you, conversation? You know what surprises me, though, hmm. is that he says, why, for 53 years, I've put up with it now. It's a fascinating line, isn't it? He is 53? He's middle-aged. This is completely typical behavior of a 53-year-old, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. He looks 53. He's not a, he's <laughs> not a young for punk. A, for a Grinch, for I guess. A Grinch. Sure. He's got some lines under his eyes there. Yeah. But then, this is my favorite part. He, it says... The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. Aren't the best ideas the ones that are wonderful, awful it's ideas? It's a wonderful pairing of words. It's 
It's the, a delightful. You well, know, Sue's had fun with this book, which well, is and I think nice. everyone learns from learns the most when they have a wonderful, awful idea. Oh yeah. Like that's yeah. an interesting point, right? All right. If yeah. you because say like you're you're you've had one too many drinks and then you're like I got a great idea, <laughs> yeah. And then you learn from that never to do that again. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. He's not drinking. He he came up with this one, Stone Cold Sober. Yeah, and so he dresses up as Saint Nick. Mm-hmm. Notice the shoes. Well, Saint Nick has shoes. I don't think he's a total monster, though, because he has a dog. Yeah, he has so... a dog, but he has no pants. Where does pants go? P- pants aren't necessary. Santa wears pants. He even has a belt for them. Well, he's also fat. They're like, a... oh, Grinch doesn't have enough extra fabric? Bull. Look at his feet. There's a whole bunch of fabric there. Plenty of room for... He could have shorts. He could have had capris. He could have had short shorts. Or capris. We could have had uh, jams. Maybe uh, cargo cargo shorts. Sure, sure. A little cargo. Anyway, I don't I, he's, that not, extra for he's not a horrible guy because he takes care of a dog. Because every single person who owns a dog is a wonderful human being? No, but at least, like, he, someone's got to feed the dog and he's got a collar. Like, he, he does... He does have a dog. He has a collar, sure. He, There's no license or name on the collar. And I love the fact that all he needs is a piece of thread. Yeah. To hold a thirty-pound horn on top that of the dog's painful. head. I mean, I, that seems very painful. But you just need some thread. Yeah, and that'll hold it up. So one thing I also was—it's com- hard for me not to compare this to the movie because I've you, seen the you movie. You can't because we both grew up with the movie first. We did not read the book as children. Right. Um, and Max is so much sadder in the book. Well, if you were owned by a Grinch, you'd probably be pretty sad too. But I mean, he also acts more like a. 53-year-old dog. Yeah, all right. Whereas in, in the dog movie, years. he acts more he's like, like a, a puppy. He's more of a pup, yeah. He's a lot more energetic. He's a lot more innocent and happy. He's into it more. Whereas this dog is old and just sad. One gets the feeling this is not the Grinch's first scheme. <laughs> oh. There may have been other schemes. Hmm. I hate Fourth of July. <laughs> the noise, you know, with the fireworks. Oh yeah, That's well, and dogs would dislike that too. Exactly. So, yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Like Maybe the, the people of who are not disturbed by his actions because they've been through this so many different times in different forms. Like, remember that year he dressed up like a bunny and then he stole <laughs> all the baskets and then all the food for some reason in our house. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. He always he always brings it back, but. Well, that guy. He could have brought it back before if this time his heart grows. You that's know? true. Like, that's true. Well, who says it stays grown? Oh, Maybe I... it just shrinks right back up in the cold. <laughs> like like other things. That's weird. I know. It's my, my Grinch theory. <laughs> so he, he goes into these houses and he just steals everything. Yeah. But then he somehow like magically gets them back up into the chimney. Yeah, there's no real explanation. In, Is there in like the, a pulley system? Even in the movie, that's a little unclear. He they just sort of like pop out he, of the top of just, the chimney, like he boop, just boop, boop, throws boop. it up. He's got a real good left hook. I have no idea how he can do it. Yeah. I mean, is it a very small chimney? It's got him. Is it I don't only know. like five like feet tall? Mean, oh, are you thinking it's like a pneumatic tube and it just, like the wind currents at the top just suck up, <laughs> like in Mary Poppins when the kids like have the broom and then they just get sucked yeah. up the chimney? Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. That's a thing. That's science. <laughs> so then Cindy Lou Who, who's... No more than two. Yeah. Yeah. She pops out of her bed because apparently she needed a glass of water. Yeah, two-year-old 
A, in a bed, not a crib. So, there you go. Yeah. With other who's. Yeah. Who has the wherewithal at the age of two to not only get out of bed to get some water, which is not a sippy cup, but also, who's, I think, must grow at a faster rate than humans, but can conduct conversation. I was going to say, how many two-year-olds can say, why are you taking the tree? Few. I mean, Few. Are two-year-old... the two-year-old like, the Sandy Claws, I'm with you so far. Mm-hmm. Why are you taking the tree? I think it would be just more like chubby finger pointing tree. <laughs> and then you just have to, you which know, may be the case. You know here. what freaks me out though? What's that? Is that her body is facing a different direction than, than her legs. Yeah, that's true. It's real. It, I was staring at this for like a good three minutes. <laughs> just being like, I don't understand. She would be very good at the twist. <laughs> it's, it's disturbing It's to like me. an owl, but it's the upper half of your body rather than just your head. This is a disturbing yeah. picture to me. It is. It's very exorcistish. But I love... This would be my tattoo. Oh, the pissed off mouse? The first mouse. Yeah, I know. It's funny. There's more than one. This mouse has like... I. It kind of looks like he has like a bandana around his forehead. Like he just got done with like some jujitsu training yes. and then he comes out training. he just yeah. wanted to come out he's exhausted he just wanted a glass of water and something mm-hmm. to eat you know to get yeah. maybe some protein and he notices this crumb that he can't even eat and he's like w why can't he eat it it says it's too small for him but i'm like that looks like a decent like that's would be the size of a pea to your eye it's a perfectly decent sized crumb. it is like half the size of his stomach right now yeah yeah i'm saying so then the grinch Goes from house to house. I like that he tips his hat to that mouse. Yes. Like, Toulou, good, sir. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. Good day. I said good day. <laughs> and the Grinch, Grinch takes all the stuff from everyone's house. Yeah. Puts it in these giant sacks. Puts it on his sleigh. And starts going up the hill. This picture disturbs me and I don't think you'll know why. Take a look at this picture and tell me why you think I Well, the think. first thing I would say would be what my four-year-old would say, which is... That dog can pull its entire thing up a mountain. That's the first thing. That is true. The second thing is that for some reason the rope that he is pulling is actually two ropes that have been tied together. Mm-hmm. Implying that the Grinch at some point had to extend the rope because Max didn't have enough pulling capacity. And then the third thing is why is there a bunch of bananas hanging over the head of the Grinch? Oh, well, he took all the food. That's true. Like, like, they're not in a tropical climate. Where do you get, like, an actual, like, well, bunch of bananas? There's a Whoville grocery store. But gets... have you ever seen, like, a huge, like, off-the-tree bunch? Like, of... Uh, no. Yeah. No. That seems un- uh, unusual. No, the thing that disturbs me the most about this picture... Yes. ...is the Grinch butt. It is a very... Oh, yeah, that's a well-delineated uh, gluteus maximus. Yes. Derriere. I have never Posterior. seen the Grinch's butt yeah. so prominent as I have in this photo. Well, he works out. <laughs> he does so many squats. He does so many squats. I mean, squats. he's 53, but come I on. I like Grinch butts, and I cannot lie. You other mothers can't deny. I'm stopping right there. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, I just saw that and I was like, whoa. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of uh, man, that's junk in his trunk, I'm just saying. And so he gets to the very top of this mountain mm-hmm. with his giant sleigh and there's this bag hanging off of the sleigh. Yeah, no, this thing's going to go. You remember the last time, I think it was the last time we did a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. It was um, uh, If I Ran the Zoo. Yeah. And my tattoo was the gooch. Oh, that's right. Oh. <gasps> You think he's going to drop a gooch? 
I think the gooch is in the bag. Oh, the gooch is in the bag. Because the gooch was in the bag before. You're right. And the gooch is key. in the bag is going to land on this bird's head. Well, and get be crushed by the entire contents of the wagon, too, yes, but yeah, you seem more concerned for the bird. Well, I'm also concerned about the gooch in the bag. All right. We're at the very top of this mountain. The Grinch is very excited. They just stole everyone's stuff. He to be fair, his plan worked like a charm, and it was not a good plan. And it worked. So I would feel pretty good about that, too, if I was him. And he and he's he's just holding on to the sleigh by the tip of his fingernail. Yes. And he puts a ear to or a hand to his ear to listen to the people crying in misery that all of their stuff has been stolen. Yes. And then I think this is cheating. Okay. Dr. Seuss took the exact same spread of everyone holding hands and just put red in it. Well, it is morning. The but, sun is coming up. But he couldn't have done, like, different expressions than he did before. Look, it is the exact same spread. I went character by character, and it is exactly oh the same. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. These, This is, if you compare them character to character... From when they're this singing. This is a copy in, of the previous. Yeah. If you look at the very beginning of the book when they're all holding hands well, and singing, dang. to at the very end of the I book. I want to bet you good money he would have redrawn that. No, it's exact. I think that's oh, lazy. Oh, lazy, Seuss. Right? Very like, lazy. At least you could have done, like, it's not like it's that, that much going on. It's just a bunch of people. And plus, we now know one of the who's. Just put Cindy Lou in there somewhere. Then we can be like, hey. I know that, Gail. Or maybe have them face another direction. Or yeah. maybe have them wear something different, like pajamas. I mean, I get wanting to do the same thing because you want to have kind of like a callback. Like, remember when they did that before? Well, they're doing it now, and that's cool. But, yeah, redraw it, man. Yeah. Mm. So, anyway, so he hears all these people singing, and he can't understand why they're all singing and happy. And then he thinks, oh, maybe it's not because of stuff. Maybe Christmas is... Be a little bit more. Maybe it's just everyone coming together and, and it's not about presents or material things. It's about being together with the ones you love. And all of a sudden his heart grows three sizes that day and he jumps back on his sled and he goes back down the hill and he just, he becomes Santa Claus and he gives everyone their presents back. And one praise that they were labeled, but yes. And he uh, and he even gets to carve the roast beef, which I guess means he's not. Maybe, well, roast he could, beast, my friend. Roast beast. Oh, the roast not, beast. Not beef. Sorry. He could. Maybe he's still a vegetarian. Oh, that's where the bananas went. And maybe he's just doling out for everyone else. Yeah. And, no, you don't have to like eat it yourself. Yeah. He carved it. It didn't say he like devoured it single handedly or what's, anything. What's weird though is that he stood at the top of this mountain. Mm. It says for three hours. That is a real yeah. So let's say they got up at six a.m. And started singing. Yeah. They would have been singing for three hours. Okay. Till 9 a.m. Now, can you understand why he's been pissed for years after year after year of having If they're doing it for three hours in the snow. Three hours of loud, awful noise, singing, just... Yeah, after that, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go away. And you take a vacation. You don't steal well, their I stuff. I can do that. Maybe he doesn't have the money because we don't know what he does for a we job. We do not know what he does for a job. This is true. Um, but, we know nothing about him. But I like, because in the book, they don't show um, the drama of Okay, this... He could have discussed this with them. I'm just going to say that. Stealing is not the number one next step. So I do like that the moral of this story is that, like, you know, 
it, Christmas isn't about the material things. It's not about the presents. It's not about the decorations. It's about being with the people that you like. And you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if just one one year all the materialistic crap went away and we just focused on what really matters? Wouldn't that be swell? Sure. That's never going to happen, is it? No. 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 Is he the, um, with this message, it is almost the opposite in the way of Scrooge. Because Scrooge accepts Christmas as well. And he, and he does get the whole family thing. But then what does Scrooge do? Scrooge immediately starts buying stuff for people. Well, let's be clear. To be fair, they're starving. But. Yes, he's buying things for people that. A fine fat goose for your goodly wife, yes. Well, he's buying things that people never could have afforded themselves. This is true. This is true. So he's. But yeah. it is, he is buying their love. Well, and at the end of this book, the Grinch is giving back all oh, the material true. stuff, Oh, that's true, that's true, and he does give it back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like they prove their worth. And, right. And and in the way, also, in Christmas Carol, the people are having a good time, even without a bunch of stuff, and he sees that to a certain extent. And the whole idea of Santa, like, you're only going to get stuff if you're good. Oh, I, I see, yeah. So... Well, but this is what's always disturbed me about this, and I'm surprised. Kids never bring this up. And when I've read it to them. Maybe there are other kids who think the same way I do. But no kid has ever questioned why Santa doesn't run into the Grinch that night. Like, kids who believe in Santa, wouldn't they think, like... So the Grinch is, like, doing this stuff. We see that the stockings are empty. So Santa's clearly on his way. Does Santa just, like, pop his head down? He's like, well, we got no stockings here. I guess this isn't the house for me. And then he takes off. It's a real question. I mean, the book basically says there is no Santa. But then again... The stockings are empty and everyone's asleep. So they seem to be assuming that they're going to be filled yeah, by someone. Because it's Christmas Eve. Right. I think in the TV version, they were filled. And he took them out. Uh, well, no, no, but except when he has the magnet and he pulls out the, yeah. the things, they're empty then, yeah. right? So but there are is, though, is there a the Santa tree. in this universe? And if so, is it a who Santa? And uh, why doesn't he get into a fist fight with the Grinch? You know, on my top 100 picture books poll, holiday books did make it uh, at least two. One of them was Polar Express. I came up at number 56. Mm-hmm. And the other one was this book, which came in at 68, beaten by Polar Express. Hmm. Of the two, I'd say Grinch is more famous. Well, I just don't know how many people know that it's a book. Like, they're so used to the movies. I mean, another Grinch movie came out. So now we have three Grinch movies. This is correct, yeah. Do we really need three Grinch movies? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no. Ugh, and I think the first one was perfect. Yes. It was the perfect, because I've always said that when you adapt a picture book into a full-length film, there's so much padding you have to add to that thing. And the TV special padded, but padded in all the right places. Well, and the new film is doing something that the previous Jim Carrey film is also doing. It, apparently, it's giving the Grinch a backstory. Why? Why is he so grumpy? Why is he so pissed? Maybe it's because he had a sad childhood. They oh, both are no. going the sad childhood. In the new one, it looks like he was in like a, some kind of Grinch orphanage. Um, and I think in the previous one... Ugh, did you ever see the Jim Carrey one? No, I don't need to. Okay, you should. You're right. You don't need to. But there are some really weird things about it that I actually rented the movie just to skip to these things because I'd heard about them. And I couldn't believe they'd be in the film. Two things. One, apparently in Whoville, the way you get a baby is the stork brings them. Um, So the stork is doing this, but it's after this big party. In the big party, all these Who's are like partying down and dropping their keys into a bowl. I kid you not. 
Later, they're getting these babies delivered by storks, and one of them's like, oh, honey, the baby's here. It looks like your boss. <gasps> I kid you not. Also, Ron Howard directed that, by the way. Ron Howard thought that was an appropriate joke for a kid's movie. Wow. Yeah. And then I heard about these, and I was like, key party? And I, no, there is actually a key party in a Grinch film. So, huh. so that's fun. Okay. Again, filler that does not need to be in there. Yes, and then it gives him, a, and then it has the who's are horrible to him as a child, and that's why he hates them. Now there is um, what colors are inside this book? Yeah, so it's all it's it's different shades of red. You got yeah. pinks, you got crimsons, you got well, the cover is bright freaking red, yeah. but, but it's also got green, which throws you off. Because... Where is the green's on the cover? Yeah, is there any green inside the book? Not that I saw. Yeah, illustrator Matt Tavares recently pointed that out on Twitter. He was like, there's a significant color missing from this book. Yeah, but if you had to pick one color for this book, you wouldn't want green. You would want red. Because right, because you need the Santa outfit. Exactly. Can you imagine, and I suddenly have fast-forwarded in my brain, a hundred years from now, somebody green, recoloring this book? Because you know someday they might try to. They'd be like, look, we'll just color him green. Well... If, if they did recolor it, what if instead of having it be a red Santa outfit, it's a green Santa outfit? You're blowing my mind. Why would it be a green Santa outfit? Because it's the Grinch's take on Saint Nick, so it wouldn't so be... So green is the evil version of red. Exactly, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but then... But then he'd look like he was from the movie Elf. Mm. <laughs> and then Cindy Lou Who would be like, Gigantic elf, why? <laughs> why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? <laughs> so apparently Seuss didn't actually know how to end this for a long time. Um, he, he said it was the easiest book of his career to write, except for the ending. And, and this is what apparently he said, quote, I got hung up getting the Grinch out of the mess. I got into a situation where I sounded like a second-rate preacher or some biblical truism. Finally in desperation, without making any statement, whatever, I showed the Grinch and the Who's together at the table and made a pun of the Grinch carving the roast beast. I had gone through thousands of religious choices, and then after three months it came out like that. Hmm. So I guess he was a... Well, I, I'm wondering what these religious choices were. Yeah. Like the Grinch... Baptized everyone? I don't know. He, he found Jesus? <laughs> I just imagined him as a preacher. I like the idea of the Grinch as a preacher with like the little white collar. Reverend yeah. Grinch. <laughs> Reverend Grinch. And another thing I don't like about you. Brother Grinch. Brother Grinch. Uh, his stepdaughter, Seuss's stepdaughter, not the Grinch's. Oh. That would be a whole interesting <laughs> sub-story there. But no, Seuss's stepdaughter uh, said in a 2003 speech, I always thought the cat, as in the cat in the hat, was mm. Ted on his good days and the Grinch was Ted on his bad days. Hmm. So there is apparently in this universe a record of this, someone reading this, and that person, it's from 1975, is Zero Mostel. Really? Yes. Hmm. So if anyone wants to figure out what to get me for Christmas, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I will try yeah. to find it on YouTube. I will probably fail because it is, after all, a record. But if it is available, I will put it in the show notes for this because I think that would be great. Though there was also... An updated animated version of the book. Uh, I don't know what that even means. And it was narrated by Walter Matthau. Do you remember the other Grinch specials that used to run on Disney? No. You don't remember Halloween is Grinch Night? No. We watched... Okay, so when you were too young to remember, we used to watch this on Halloween. Because on Halloween, you do your trick-or-treating, 
You come back, well, I, you I eat your candy, and you watch Disney Channel. Well, Disney's Halloween Treat. Disney's Halloween Treat, right. But yeah. it would sometimes then show after that, Halloween is Grinch Night, which was actually rather disturbing in kind of a pink elephant uh, dream sequence way from Dumbo. Hmm. It was, it, I liked it. It was weird. Uh, there was also the Grinch, Grinch is the Cat in the Hat. And there was the wubulous world of Dr. Seuss, that misbegotten Jim Henson, Dr. Seuss, uh, where they turned all the Seuss characters into Muppets. Do you remember that? No. Don't. Okay. It's, it's not good. He's apparently in the Seussical the Musical. Never seen that. I was in Seussical the Musical. Was there a Grinch in there? I don't remember. Okay. So, <laughs> story checks out. <laughs> all right. Ratings time. Ah. Interesting. Yes. Well... It's hard for me not to think of it as a classic because I did grow up on that Christmas television. Right. So let's tr but let's the try book, desperately to forget that. Well, I like the message of the book being yeah. that you don't need stuff mm -hmm. to make Christmas enjoyable. And I feel like it's not preachy about that because that was the whole thing. He didn't want this to be preachy. But at the same time, he is writing an anti... Christmas has gotten too commercial, Charlie right. Brown screed. Yeah. Right. Which apparently was a big deal in the 50s and 60s, because that's what all these things were about. But I like, you know, I, I like the message. I, I, I actually like the things that are in the book that aren't in the movie. Like, um, you know, poor, poor Max. He's just such a sad, He is. Sad and though, dog for the and... first time, when you were looking at through it now, when they return triumphantly, I never noticed before, but Max is like gleefully pushing the sled down the hill. First he's giving side He's kind of like doing whatever the Grinch then, is doing, but now look at that. Oh, yeah. Suddenly he's like the chipperest fella in the block. Aww. He's super happy with this decision. Even his heart didn't grow three sizes, so who knows what's and going I on And I like there. that it, it took the Grinch a good three hours. Yeah. To yeah, out. it's not that instantaneous thing from the movie where it's like, huh, but maybe it doesn't come from a store. Maybe it's a little bit more gigantic heart. Boom, boom, boom. You must know. save sled. Must save presents. sled. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. this is like, okay. No, I've been thinking this way for fifty-three years. I gotta work this out. I sure. Mean, you know, and yeah. he takes his time. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. figures it out. Yeah. Because change doesn't come instantaneously. And I can relate to him on some things. Like nobody likes loud noise. Yeah. Some people. I agree with you. Some people, the sound of singing is like nails on a chalkboard. Yep. Yep. And after you hear, our dad hates the song. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. If you have to hear that song, let's say for three hours mm. a day, every day between Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm -hmm. yeah, you might hate some singing too. You think, you think the Who's have like a PA system where they just like the minute of Thanksgiving is do. done, like, you know, they, they just like, like Black Friday the, and they're like, yeah. Yes! They have that giant like megaphone thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Mekakaliki Maka is the, yeah. ah! But, yeah, so I, I like the message of this without it being too preachy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do wish he hadn't copied the same page twice. Lazy. Did you think we wouldn't notice, Geisel? We yeah. noticed. Come on. If I she can, noticed. I, I didn't notice. I, if, you, if I can point out a mouse with a headband, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty sure I can point out <laughs> the, the same page twice. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with an eight. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. Eight's pretty good. I'm only going to go down to a 7.5 because I understand the limited color palette. I mean, what year did we say that this came out? This came out in 1957. 
costs a lot of money back in 1957 to have more than one color in your book. Um, I get why he did red. I get why he did red. It makes perfect sense and in the context of the book. Take advantage of the different ways of showing red, like yeah. through the the presents and the ornaments on the tree, and it's dark reds and light reds and medium reds and. Yeah. It's funny how different the art style... I mean, his art style is always recognizable. Yep. But it's funny... And we haven't done Cat in the Hat. But when we do Cat in the Hat, he has thick lines, bright colors. It's all very crisp and clear for Jesus as compared to this, which is almost sketchy. I remember as a kid seeing it and being like, this is super sketchy. Like, he doesn't do it in pencil, but he may as well. I mean, he's super close to... You, you know, you, you see all these, like, just... It's very, I, I mean, the only word I can use is sketchy because I'm running out of words. Um, <laughs> lots so of I, lines. Lots of lines. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely him. I'm just not as on board with his art in this one, even though it is clearly up to snuff. I just feel he's done, well, but he can't compare it to other things. Right. But even then, I'm, I'm going to go with 7.5. I like it. I, it's definitely not his best work, um, but it's good. It is strong, and as a Christmas story, yeah, it's definitely a classic. And yeah, I'd say it's a classic in general. Yay! So, yay! It's a classic! Classic. Alrighty, letters, letters, letters. Hey, remember Sarah with an H? Yeah. That we mentioned at the front of this podcast? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's uh, take a trip with me back in time, and, and then we'll read the, la- the rest of her email there. Oh. How about that? So she says, I love your podcast. It reminds me of my own banter with my sisters both of whom have moved to the Chicago area, and to whom I'm going to pass on Betsy's restaurant recommendations. Thank you, darling. They'll have to go to Evanston. I'll see if they actually pick you up on that one. She talks about William's doll. She says, as much as I love the idea of the grandmother becoming a grandfather and passing on, like we talked about, if it got republished, would you want to change the grandmother character to a grandfather? And passing on healthy masculinity and what it means to be a good man, I am reluctant to give up a good stick-to-your-gun sort of grandma. There's just something about a character like that. Oh, and then she has a very smart thing. She says, Re Harris Burdick and unreliable narrators in picture books. So I had asked, are there any picture books where there is an unreliable narrator? Which is a difficult thing. What does that mean? In it un- means you can't believe the person who is narrating the story. Oh. Okay. But she says, have you ever read The Bear Ate Your Sandwich? And if so, would you count it? Um, that's brilliant. There's this picture book about... You're hearing about this whole story about how this bear just came in and told you to eat your sandwich, then it did this and the other. And then when you get to the end, it was revealed that this family dog is telling a story and clearly is the one who ate the sandwich and has been concocting this entire wild story. And the kids who get it are like, wah! So that was a brilliant suggestion. So tip of the hat to you, Sarah. Next one, and this may be my favorite. Uh, Jennifer uh, commented on our Instagram that... When I mentioned the Baby Bee of Use series, um, so this is a board book series by Lisa Brown, uh, we had talked about the Latka who couldn't stop screaming that she illustrated. And she, many years before, had made a board book series called Baby Bee of Use. She had misheard that on this podcast as the Baby Bee Abuse. <laughs> what? As if one were abusing baby bees. And we're making an entire series out of that. What? So, this may be my favorite misinterpretation of my words of all time. Baby bee abuse. Oh, <laughs> I know. Make that honey. Make it. <laughs> Don't make me come of it. <laughs> so That's weird. baby bee abuse. 
Why would you make a series about that? It's a terrible idea. Well, I feel like Emily Latella, like, I hear they're abusing baby bees. I can't get behind that. Yeah, it's like, no. I, I have no idea who that is. Oh. <sighs> Next letter. Okay. The only name I have for this person is Worth the Candle. This is the problem with uh, taking things from Instagram. So Worth the Candle said about the latka who couldn't stop screaming, this book was our now-retired librarian's favorite to read aloud to the kids. She scared the bejesus out of every class that went through, even the ones who knew what to expect. They loved it. Aww. Aww. That's cool. And finally, Lisa Brown wrote in. Uh, remember Lisa Brown? She illustrated the latka who couldn't stop screaming. Oh, the baby bee abuse. And baby bee abuse. <laughs> <laughs> she said, hey, thank you for the amazingly flattering podcast that someone just sent me. I love that little book, and I'm beyond tickled that you talked about it. For all the kids who feel more in the minority than ever Thanksgiving through December. Daniel mod modeled the latka on grumpy old Jew me. P.S. We have a dog named Eggroll because his shelter name was Eggnog, and we decided to rename him something Jews have on Christmas. <laughs> and she sent a picture of the dog, and Aww. it is adorable. I will, I'll show it to you sometime. It's very cute. Awesome. All right. Grown-up things we like. Do you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, I did a lot of talking just now. Why don't you do it? Okay, yeah. so there's this, this show on Netflix called Very British Problems. Ooh, I'm already liking this. And it, they have it by, every episode is a different theme, and so I watched the Christmas episode. Okay. Which has different comedians talk about different British problems that happen around Christmas. And so, like, James Corden is on there, David Tennant, who plays Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a bunch of different people. So is this like, a television show? Or? It's, it's a Netflix show. It's a Netflix show. And what's the name again? Very British Problems. I must So for the Christmas episode, problem 343, apologizing in advance for your gifts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, if you don't like it, you know, the gift receipt's in there. You know, this is crap. I didn't mean, you just wow. throw it away. That's very real. There's a, a I didn't number, know that was a widely done thing. Yeah. Number 914, the sheer terror of saying Merry Christmas to a stranger. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Never quite recovering from being passed over for a good part in the nativity. Apparently that's a thing that all Brits are like, I, really, I should have been Mary. I should have been Joseph. It's like Shermie in the Charlie Brown. Yeah, instead Every of, year it's always the same. Yeah. I always have to play a shepherd. Apparently this is a thing that Brits oh. experience, like... And in the episode they even talk about it, now they make sure that everyone has a role. You know, last year my kid played a lettuce in the nativity. <laughs> which, what, what role did the lettuce play in all which, which reminds me of uh, Love Actually, when she's like, oh, yeah. I'm the lobster. The lobster, yeah. The lobster was at the nativity. Duh. <laughs> it's interesting because they do throw in little facts here and there. And so oh. I learned in 1551... King Edward VI passed a law saying everyone had to take a walk on Christmas Day. Oh, that's a good Some people good still do this. That's nice. So then you have to walk past strangers and say, do you say Merry Christmas? Do you say Happy Halloween? Do you have to make eye contact? It's very, it's very stressful. That's very interesting. Very, I like that. Very, very British like problems. Very British problems. Exactly. Exactly. Um, my grown-up thing was like, I, I did a, a grown-up thing recently that I haven't done since I've moved to Evanston, which is to say I went to a show that was cool. I, I went, and I haven't seen it, I haven't done anything cool in a very long time, but this was actually cool. A friend of mine invited uh, my husband and myself out to a location called Space, where Harry Shearer was having his Christmas show. Now, Harry Shearer 
of The Simpsons and Spinal Tap and what have you, uh, has a Christmas show. He goes from city to city with his wife, who is British. Actually, she's Welsh. And they get a bunch of local performers. They sing a ton of Christmas things. Now, as it turns out, Chicago has a lot of very talented people here. I don't know if you knew that. I think I think I knew that, yeah. There was more than a couple. Yeah. So they had this Judy Garland impersonator, who was amazing. <laughs> like, truly amazing. They had, of course, a blues guitarist. They had a Broadway singer. They had just a, a, this random assortment and sort of capped it all off with, and I, I did not know who he is. I actually had to look up his name um, afterwards. Uh, Jim Petterick. Now, Jim Petterick was the lead singer of the Ides of March, best known for a song called Vehicle that he wrote, uh, which goes... If you heard it, you'd be like, okay, A, didn't know that was called Vehicle. That's a weird name for a song. He also co-wrote The Eye of the Tiger. Interesting. And so we all sang both of those songs, and it was great. And we all got to sing with the performers, because there's a sing-along portion to it as well. (laughs) It was really fun. So it's traveling from city to city. Uh, if you live near a big city, he might be coming to a town near you. So check so it out. Look up Harry. Harry Shearer's or... Christmas show. It's there's really only one. He does it every year apparently. Hmm. And uh, yeah, apparently on his stop, he stops in Evanston. Just, I just imagine Principal Skinner like he sound because he will sing super low. Oh man, you should have. He wrote a song which was like a Devil's Christmas Carol. It was amazing. He claimed it was written by the bassist of Spinal Tap. It was fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, good stuff. All right. All right. Well. Yeah. I guess we're not quite at the at Christmas yet, so. No, not I... quite. Not quite. But this is a good prep. Yeah. All right. So happy holidays to you. Happy. Ho- Do I say that now? I'm now nervous. I don't know if I'm supposed to say happy Do holidays. Do I say Merry Christmas? I don't know. Are you I supposed to say Merry Christmas? Don't say Merry Christmas. Don't look at me. Don't look at the eye. Don't look at the eye. Okay. I've been Betsy. Okay. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons-Kime, and our science viking is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.